On this episode of Money with Friends, we're talking fixer uppers and could they really be a total waste of time and money? The pros on reality TV make it look so easy, but maybe not so much in actual reality. We've got data and facts the DIY crowd may not like. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from New York City in my very grown-up kitchen. And from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show, I'm Joe Saul Cihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And now we do it six days a week, all in about 15 minutes. We're getting closer to that 15 minutes, Joe. Working our way there sooner or later. Uh, today's episode, this could be the day. Today's episode comes to a, a, a via Acre Trader, investing in farmland simplified. You can watch an explainer video. You can get started if you head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF for money with friends. Acretrader.com forward slash MWF. We're talk- I love those fixer-upper shows on TV, Bobby. I mean, my my spouse, Cheryl, is addicted. I think that's the right word, to the Property Brothers. Yes. Well, they always have challenges, but always challenges that they can solve. Yes. In real life, maybe not so much. It might, might be a little dirtier than that. So let's see who's kicking off today's show. Just like hanging out and talking about money news, that's why I tune in with Money with Friends. All right. Our first story comes to us from Market Watch, and it is from Brett Ahrens. It is the dirty secret about most fixer-uppers. Um, the findings of a new survey appear to go against the interest of the company that paid for it. When is a fixer-upper not a deal? Before you try to become your own dime store, Chip or Joanna Gaines, go back and check the math again on that fixer upper. Then maybe check it a third time. That is the message of a new survey, which found that despite the glamour and plethora of TV programs devoted to home renovation, such as the gains, most amateur fixer uppers end up being a waste of time and money. Once you factor in all the costs involved, the renovation project often turned out no cheaper than just buying a home in moving condition. And we have a quote from Porch.com. I'm sorry, this is data from Porch.com, a home improvement website, which sponsored the survey. Quote, even though the majority of fixer-upper homeowners thought they could save money, they actually spent about the same or more than their moving ready counterparts. You want to pick this up here, Joe? Sure. It says, interestingly, the findings seemingly go against the interest of the survey sponsor. Porch.com makes money connecting homeowners with contractors. The company has an incentive to encourage us all to do as much fixing up as we can. Porch.com could not immediately be reached for comment. Imagine that. Their survey of 1,069 U.S. homeowners found that those who had bought a home that was move-in ready spent an average of $250,000. Those who bought a fixer-upper spent on average about $50,000 less, but then they typically spent that amount or more on renovations, the survey found. Okay, so it might not be apples to apples. Buying your own home and renovating it gives you a greater chance to tailor it to your own dreams and needs. But the costs were comparable nonetheless, and those who just bought a home that was ready, they saved themselves a lot of extra pain. The biggest problem with fixer-uppers, the danger of running over budget. More than two-fifths 
of those who bought fixer uppers ended up blowing way past their budget. On average, they ended up spending about 76,000 on renovations or about 60% more than those who were able to stick to the allotted amount. I think that might be a good place to leave it. Don't you? There's more yeah, here. Yeah. But that, one little stat, two fifths of those who bust their budget said they wouldn't buy their current home again. Yeah. 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 There it is. So, so we put this out to our Instagram crowd and uh, we asked them, I'm going to, this is, I'm going to ask Joe whether, what, what he thinks, whether he can guess what you guys said on Instagram. I asked our Instagram followers on Insta stories, what's better paying up for a move in condition or buying a fixer upper and getting a better price? Where do you think the money with friends audience went on this one, Joe? I think our audience liking real estate and thinking that, um, you know, buying real estate and fixing it up is a pretty good investment. I think that our audience is about um, for them. I w- so it depends on who they're talking about. If they're talking about for them, I would say do the fixer upper. No, that's not that? what they said. It was 65% move in and 35% fixer upper. That's funny. And yeah. And let me read you some of the comments. So um, we have one, oh, I can't read the name. Uh, let's see if I can see this. It's KP Pfeiffer 07 says, oh, he actually t- t- chose a fixer upper. He said, fixer upper. I love that I fi- that I can fix it up exactly the way I want to. Um, and then Vincent Cipolloni said, buying a home is like dating. Find all the red flags and figure out what needs real therapy. And then, you know, this guy, Neil, he said, you rarely like the previous owner style in, in a move in right condition. So those are some of the comments. Um, we also have some comments. Let me just get those up from, um, I also put this out on my channel. And so we have some comments there, there, the mix was more 50, 50, which is interesting. And then the comments there included, if you love a new condition house, pay for it and enjoy it. That's from Debbie. And then we had another one from Vivian saying, not everyone has the time to put into a fixer. If you can afford it now, do it. That's funny. Buy the pre-made one. Yeah. So that was the the already move in condition one. I could even. The point, one point that I thought was interesting was that if you, if you buy a move in condition one, it may not be the style you like, at least if it's a fixer upper, you can make it what you want. Yeah, my uh I'll tell you what what happened to us we were moving to Detroit. I already owned a house in Detroit. It isn't exactly the house that I wanted. I had a renter in it, so I and I don't love being a landlord as I've said before. So I thought, okay, we will take that house and we will do a remodel budget. And then when I started to go through the budget to remodel the house to fix it up, one I already owned to be exactly what I wanted. And then I looked at the income coming in from that house and I thought about the six to eight months it was going to take to change the house to be what I wanted. We just took our renovation budget, added it to the value of that house, bought the house that we live in now. I still have the rental and I saved six to nine months and I have pretty much the house that I already wanted that was in moving condition. So I'm, I'm with these people. I mean, for me, for me, just buy what I want. And by the way, I still have things that I need to do to this house now, but at this point to one of the people's points, I think it was Vincent's point, you know, now we can date the house for a little while, see what we like and what we don't like, and then make changes based on our own style. I am a big believer in only doing minimal renovations when you move in, living in it, and then doing it. This kitchen you see behind me, we waited a few years to do it, also because we had to save up to do it. But we wanted to see what mattered to us because it is a big project. So I I like the phase in renovation. And the truth is, even moving condition, you're always going to update the house to make it what you want over the time that you live in it. 
I do think that you have to think about what is the life you, if you're doing moving condition, is it really moving condition? Is it really a house that you're going to keep? Or are you just, you just saying the kitchen is renovated. It may not be renovated to what you want. And therefore you're not living in the house that you want. On the flip side, uh, you know, it's no joke. The money pit house problem. It's really no joke. You know, my move in, you always discover things. And when you start (laughs) renovating you, I mean, you know, you, you, once you're there, you got to do this. We, we were going to, you know, we were going to do my son's room and instead of doing paint, you end up doing electric and moving walls. Right. No. Well, uh, when I was, uh, this wasn't the point that I had, but to your point right there, I had a client when I was a financial planner, they had an old style swimming pool with a pool liner. And he joked about how a little tiny, like inch and a half rip in his pool liner ended up costing him $45,000 to replace. And I said, what? He goes, well, here's what happened. We realize oh, fill in that pool, Joe, just fill that pool in. Just no, no, no. Let me tell you what happens because it makes your point. It wasn't a little tiny rip that cost him $45,000 in the end. What happened was they realized that, okay, we needed to update the pool. But when we did that, they were already pulling around the flagstone around the pool out. So that needed to be upgraded. So they decided to redo that. Well, that attached to the deck. The deck wasn't the way they wanted. So they redid the whole deck. The landscaping wasn't the way they wanted. And a little tiny pool liner ended up making them redo their entire backyard $45,000 later they had what they wanted. Exactly. We have some uh, comments here on Facebook. We do. Maybe we want to take. Yeah. Do we want to start here with Kimberly's? Uh, sure. Uh, Kimberly says for her, the difference is getting to choose the look that she wants. She says, I'd rather toss old countertops in a remodel than new granite that I dislike the look of. My husband and I are very handy though. So we do the labor ourselves. I want to make that. This was the point I originally wanted to make was if you take somebody who's on your team these last four months, somebody like a uh, coach Carson, or somebody that knows real estate really well, or they're incredibly handy. I think for those people, the fixer-upper is going to be a lot different than it is for the average American. I think the average person thinks they're getting a deal. They don't get a deal because they don't do it every day. But somebody like Coach Carson, he's done so many houses, Bobby. He knows what what things matter and which things don't. And uh, he can make a fixer-upper well worth as well. But if you listen to his podcast, which is fantastic and I highly recommend, he will talk on that podcast about how many, how much time it takes for him to find a property. And it's not right. like finding a house that you're going to live in personally. I mean, to some degree, yes, but he will be looking in, I mean, it could be like a hundred houses and then he'll bid on 20. I mean, he is looking for a real deal where he knows he's paying a price that even after he puts in all the renovation and the cost of his own time, he will make the profit that fits his business model. But so even, he's not just buying a house that he falls in love with that he wants to live in. He is really looking at it through the lens of a businessman. Sure. But and even through, uh, even with the house he lives in though, even yeah. with the house that he lives in, he's going to still look at a hundred houses and he's going to go, you know what? I can't yes. do that one. I can't do that one. I can, I can do this one. And he's going to pick a different property off the bat than the average person right. might pick. Right. It's not just knowing how to renovate. It's knowing how to pick the house That's right. and know the price point that it's going to work at. It can't just be a deal for the sake of a deal. Because if you're coming in as someone that's not a professional, what looks like a deal is often priced appropriately. You just don't fully realize right. why. Exactly. No, yes. it's true. I mean, no, there's always a reason something's on sale. Well, yes. And Unless that's, you're a pro and you know something that other people don't, or you have a skill set or some kind of edge in the way that you can approach it that other people don't. Usually in a market economy, people, you know, things find their market price. We talked about that recently with stocks, right? Stocks are cheap for a reason. Yeah. Same thing with houses. Mm-hmm. Danny's Same hanging thing. out with us here. Danny says, see, I'm not very handy. So I think for me, that's two of us standing. 
it would not be very enjoyable to go through a fixer upper. Some people love looking forward to and tackling their next home improvement project, but I'm happy with the move in ready home and then maybe contract out improvements as we go. That's, you know, and I see a lot of people that don't do what Danny is thinking here, which is you have this unique talent. There are things that you're good at. And if you focus on those things and then go ahead and pay for the things that you're not great at, well, you're going to make, maybe, maybe Danny doesn't make a bunch of money on his house, Bobby, but maybe Danny makes a ton of money someplace else where he has a lot of talent. I think focusing on what you're good at is half the battle here. Absolutely. And just going in with, um, you know, just don't be naive when you go in, go in with your eyes wide open when you buy a fixer upper, because there's always going to be things that hit you that you never expected. We, when we moved into this place, we ended up having to, we thought we we're going to just shine the floors. We had to rip them all up, up down to the concrete because there were, um, Holy cow. issues. There oh were my issues. goodness. Yes. And yeah, that was part of that kitchen budget, Joe. So fun talking to a, <laughs> yeah. talking Home to ownership. A, yeah. Talking to a friend of mine last, last week, he, they had uh, friends staying over and they actually stayed in this uh, basement room where people, you know, it's a spare bedroom. People don't often stay. And they said, hey, uh, during the night we got dripped on and their room was right below his bathroom. And then they ripped that out and it was all rotten and all had oh, to be redone. Brutal. Yeah. yeah just and, and and the home inspector didn't catch it. And yeah. there it all is. Home inspectors, I think, well, no, do they work for the buyer or the seller? Always know in general, know whenever you're getting any information about homes or whatever, Who's paying them? Who do they work for? Yeah, and you, you, general tip. Generally, in, in Michigan and in Texas, when I was there, I don't know how it is nationwide, but there were no, uh, there didn't have to be a home inspection. But certainly, as a buyer, you always want one. And I've seen people try to cut that corner and go, "I'm not going to have the inspector because it costs five hundred bucks." You're, you're oh, no, doing no, no, a. No. You want to know? You're doing a six figure you know, maybe five figure, six figure, seven figure, depending on what size house you're buying deal. What's 500 bucks? Who cares? That's such insurance. Absolutely. Uh, coming up, we are going to have the, I, I almost called it the big idea. We're going to have our takeaways, no. Bobby and I both. But first, if you've listened to the show before, you know how much I like Acre Trader. Acre Trader is a sponsor of today's show. Investing in farmland different than investing in the S&P 500, but you look historically at farmland versus the S&P, you ended up at very close to the same place. Investing in bonds, which people think about when you look at volatility, farmland versus bonds, you've historically done much better. Now, that doesn't mean it's certain you're going to do better in the future. However, when you look at the, the, uh, the gyrations that farmland has had in the past versus the gyrations that bonds have had. And then you look at the returns of bonds versus the return of other investments. I think you get pretty excited about farmland. For more on how farmland investing works through AcreTrader, head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF. That's acretrader.com forward slash MWF. They've got an explainer video there, Bobby, that explains all of it. Yeah, it's a good video. Good stuff. All right. On to our takeaways. Do you like to go first? Sure. So my takeaway is that I've always been a big fan of learning new skills, do it yourself, all that stuff. But this piece was really eye-opening. The truth is you need to know where your skill set ends and you need to know where the value is and you need to really understand what you're buying. And in most cases, when people buy a fixer-upper, they don't know how much is going to be involved. Just the fact that so many, such a high percentage of people regretted buying the house when it was a fixer-upper after the fact says a lot leave it to the pros, know what you're buying and even better pay up front for a done deal. Know it's a done deal. Know you got the house that you bought 
and enjoy your life. It's it's funny because mine mine is about where a lot of this uh, love for fixing up houses comes from. And my takeaway is very simple, Bobby, which is that t- TV is TV. And when it comes to these TV shows that show how glamorous it can be with fixer-upper projects, remember that they do this because it's interesting and it's fun. And it becomes more fun when they have these statistics at the end of the show that shows just how much money these people made by doing it themselves. There's a few things going on here. Number one, the people doing it are pros like Chad Carson, who know what they're getting into at the top. But number two, looking behind the scenes at some of these shows, they really cut corners a lot of the time on those numbers. And there aren't a lot of people verifying these numbers. So from what I've heard talking to people behind the scenes, there might be a little bit of uh, Hollywood going on with those numbers. And you have to remember that you're watching a TV show and their goal is to make it exciting. So the most exciting thing for me is knowing what my strengths are and then buying my house appropriately. That's my takeaway. I love that. I think that's great. I like the TV analogy because there's not always so much reality in reality TV. (laughs) I have a friend that actually does sound for a reality TV show and he and I were having beers together recently. And he said, he's like, you, well, he said exactly what you said, Bobby. There's not a lot of reality in reality TV. And there's a lot of worker bees behind the scenes. It's not really just Chip and Joanna Gaines. They have people. Spoiler. There are people. You got to say spoiler there. It's not just the two of them. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That's going to, uh, you know, it looks like they do a house a week. No, no, maybe not. That's going to do it for no. today, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you hung out with us making the show, uh, thanks to everybody doing that. If you want to hang out with us making the show, head to uh, facebook.com forward slash I stack Benjamins. And that's the page, the Stacky Benjamins page where we make the podcast. Also, if you want to see our schedule as much as we know it, it will be at moneywithfriends.net or moneywithfriendspodcast.net. And if you want to take part in the Instagram poll or follow us on Twitter, Bobby, how do they do that? At moneyfriendspod on both Twitter and Instagram. And stay close to the Instagram stories because that's when you can vote on the upcoming stories or sometimes the stories of the shows that are coming out. And also leave your comments in case you can't make our Facebook taping. And our website, Joe, is moneywithfriendspodcast.com. I said moneywithfriendspodcast.com or money with net. It's okay. I said money with friends. We got it. They'll find it. <laughs> money with fr- it's moneywithfriends.net, right? Or yes. moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Yes, yes, you got it. Yep. I think that's what I exactly. said. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you next time back here at Money with <laughs> Bye, Friends. everyone. We'll get us down. Whatever we're called. <laughs> this show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is the amazing Steve Stewart. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends.